Chapter 23, verses 38 through 49. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 38 through 43. And a superscription also was written over him, in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Theophylact, observe a second time the device of the devil turned against himself. For in the letters of three different characters, he published the accusation of Jesus, that in truth it might not escape one of the passers-by, that he was crucified because he made himself king. For it is said in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, by which it was signified that the most powerful of the nations, as the Romans the wisest, as the Greeks those who most worshipped God, as the Jewish nation, must be made subject to the dominion of Christ. Ambrose, and rightly is the title placed above the cross, because Christ's kingdom is not of human body, but of the power of God. I read the title of the king of the Jews, when I read, My kingdom is not of this world. I read, The cause of Christ written above his head, when I read, And the word was God. For the head of Christ is God. Theophylact. Now one of the thieves uttered the same revilings as the Jews, but the other tried to check his words, while he confessed his own guilt, adding, We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. Chrysostom, here the condemned performs the office of judge, and he begins to decide concerning truth, who before Pilate confessed his crime, only after many tortures. For the judgment of man, from whom secret things are hid, is of one kind, the judgment of God, who searches the heart of another. And in the former case, punishment follows after confession, but here confession is made unto salvation but he also pronounces Christ innocent, adding, But this man hath done nothing wrong, as if to say, Behold a new injury, that innocence should be condemned with crime. We kill the living, he raised the dead, we have stolen from others, he bids us give up even what is our own. The blessed thief thus taught those that stood by, uttering the words by which he rebuked the other, but when he saw that the ears of those who stood by were stopped up, he turns to him who knoweth the hearts. For it follows, And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Thou beholdest the crucified, and thou acknowledgest him to be thy Lord. Thou seest the form of a condemned criminal, and thou proclaimest the dignity of a king. Stained with a thousand crimes, thou askest, the fountain of righteousness, to remember thy wickedness, saying, But I discover thy hidden kingdom, and thou turnest away my public iniquities, and accept the faith of a secret intention. Wickedness usurped the disciple of truth. 
Truth did not change the disciple of wickedness. Gregory, on the cross, nails had fastened his hands and feet, and nothing remained free from torture but his heart and tongue. By the inspiration of God, the thief offered to him the whole which he found free, that, as it is written, with the heart he might believe unto righteousness, with the mouth he might confess unto salvation. But the three virtues which the apostle speaks of, the thief suddenly filled with grace, both received and preserved on the cross. He had faith, for example, who believed that God would reign, whom he saw dying equally with himself. He had hope who asked for an entrance into his kingdom. He preserved charity also zealously in his death, who for his iniquity reproved his brother and fellow thief, dying for a like crime to his own. Ambrose, a most remarkable example is here given of seeking after conversion, seeing that pardon is so speedily granted to the thief. The Lord quickly pardons, because the thief is quickly converted, and grace is more abundant than prayer. For the Lord ever gives more than he is asked for. The thief asked that he should remember him. But our Lord answers, Verily I say unto thee, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. To be with Christ is life, and where Christ is, there is his kingdom. Theophylact. And as every king who returns victorious carries in triumph the best of his spoils, so the Lord, having despoiled the devil of a portion of his plunder, carries it with him into paradise. Chrysostom. Here then might one see the Savior between the thieves, weighing in the scales of justice, faith, and unbelief. The devil cast Adam out of paradise. Christ brought the thief into paradise before the whole world. Before the apostles, by a mere word and by faith alone, he entered into paradise, that no one after his sins might despair of entrance. Mark the rapid change from the cross to heaven, from condemnation to paradise, that you may know that the Lord did it all, not with regard to the thief's good intention, but his own mercy. For if the reward of the good has already taken place, surely a resurrection will be superfluous. For if he introduced the thief into paradise while his body remained in corruption without, it is clear there is no resurrection of the body. Such are the words of some. But shall the flesh which has partaken of the toil be deprived of the reward? Hear Paul speaking. Then must this corruption put on incorruption. But if the Lord promised the kingdom of heaven, but introduced the thief into paradise, he does not yet recompense him the reward. But they say, under the name of paradise, he signifies the kingdom of heaven, using a well-known name and addressing a thief who knew nothing of difficult teaching. Now some do not read it, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise, but thus, I say unto thee on this day, and then it follows, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. But we will add a still more obvious solution. For physicians, when they see a man in a desperate state, say, He is already dead. So also the thief, since he no longer fears his falling back to perdition, is said to have entered paradise. Theophylact, this, however, is more true than all, that although they have not obtained all the promises, I mean the thief and the other saints, in order that without us they might not be made perfect, they are notwithstanding in the kingdom of heaven and paradise. Gregory of Nisa, 
Here again, we must examine how the thief should be thought worthy of paradise, seeing that a flaming sword prevents the entrance of the saints. But observe that the word of God describes it as turning about, so as it should obstruct the unworthy, but open a free entrance to life to the worthy. Gregory, or that flaming sword is said to be turning, because that he knew the time would come when it must be removed, when he in truth should come, who by the mystery of his incarnation was to open to us the way of paradise. Ambrose, but it must also be explained how the others, that is Matthew and Mark, introduced two thieves reviling, while Luke one reviling and the other resisting him. Perhaps this other at first reviled, but was suddenly converted. It may also have been spoken of one, but in the plural number, as in the Hebrews, they wandered in goatskins, and they were sawn asunder. Whereas Elijah alone is related to have had a goatskin, and Isaiah to have been sawn asunder. But mystically the two thieves represent the two sinful people, who were to be crucified by baptism with Christ, whose disagreement likewise represents the difference of believers. Bede, for as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized in his death, but we are washed by baptism, seeing we were sinners. But some, in that they praise God, suffering in the flesh, are crowned. Others, in that they refuse to have the faith or works of baptism, are deprived of the gift which they have received. Verses 44 through 46. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Cyril, as soon as the Lord of all had been given up to be crucified, the whole framework of the world bewailed its rightful master, and the light was darkened at midday, which was a manifest token that the souls of those who crucified him would suffer darkness. Augustine, what is here said of the darkness, the other two evangelists, Matthew and Mark, confirm. But St. Luke adds the cause whence the darkness arose, saying, And the sun was darkened. Augustine, this darkening of the sun, it is quite plain, did not happen in the regular and fixed course of the heavenly bodies, because it was then the Passover, which is always celebrated at the full moon. But a regular eclipse of the sun does not take place except at new moon. Dionysus, when we were both at Hierapolis together, we both saw at the same time, in a marvelous manner, the moon meeting the sun, for it was not then the time of new moon. And then again, from the ninth hour until evening, supernaturally brought back to the edge of the sun's diameter. Besides, we observed that this obscuration began from the east, and having reached as far as the sun's western border, at length returned, and that the loss and restoration of light took place not from the same side, but from opposite sides of the diameter. Such were the miraculous events of that time, and possible to Christ alone, who is the cause of all things. Greek Expositor. This miracle then took place that it might be made known that he who had undergone death was the ruler of the whole creation. Ambrose. The sun also is eclipsed to the sacrilegious, 
that they may overshadow the scene of their awful wickedness. Darkness was spread over the eyes of the unbelieving, that the light of faith might rise again. Bede, but Luke wishing to join miracle to miracle, adds, And the veil of the temple was rent in twain. This took place when our Lord expired, as Matthew and Mark bear witness, but Luke related it by anticipation. Theophylact, By this then our Lord showed that the Holy of Holies should be no longer inaccessible, but being given over into the hands of the Romans, should be deified, and its entrance laid open. Ambrose, the veil also is rent, by which is declared the division of the two people, and the profanation of the synagogue. The old veil is rent, that the church may hang up the new veils of faith. The coverings of the synagogue is drawn up, that we may behold with the eyes of the mind the inward mysteries of religion, now revealed to us. Theophylact, whereby it is signified that the veil which kept us asunder from the holy things which are in heaven is broken through, namely enmity and sin. Ambrose, it took place also at that time when every mystery of Christ's assumed mortality was fulfilled, and his immortality alone remained. As it follows, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Bede, by invoking the Father, he declares himself to be the Son of God, but by commending his spirit, he signifies not the weakness of his strength, but his confidence in the same power with the Father. Ambrose, the flesh dies that the spirit may rise again. The spirit is commended to the Father, that heavenly things also may be loosed from the chain of iniquity, and peace be made in heaven, which earthly things should follow. Chrysostom, now this voice teaches us that the souls of the saints are not hereforth shut up in hell as before, but are with God, Christ being made the beginning of this change. Athanasius, for he commends to his Father through himself all mankind quickened in him. For we are his members, as the Apostle says, ye are all one in Christ. Gregory of Nisau, but it becomes us to inquire how our Lord distributes himself into three parts at once, into the bowels of the earth, as he told the Pharisees, into the paradise of God, as he told the thief, into the hands of the Father, as it is said here. To those, whoever who rightly consider, it is scarcely worthy of question, for he who by his divine power is in every place, is present in any particular place. Ambrose, his spirit then is commended to God. But though he is above, he yet gives light to the parts below the earth, that all things may be redeemed. For Christ is all things, and in Christ are all things. Gregory of Nisau. There is another explanation, that at the time of his passion, his divinity being once united to his humanity, left neither part of his humanity, but of its own accord, separated the soul from the body, yet showed itself abiding in each. For through the body in which he suffered death, he vanquished the power of death, but through the soul he prepared for the thief an entrance into paradise. Now Isaiah says of the heavenly Jerusalem, which is no other than paradise, upon my hands I have painted thy walls. Once it is clear that he who is in paradise dwelleth in the hands of the Father. Damascene. Or to speak more expressly, in respect of his body, he was in the grave, in respect of his soul, he was in hell.
and with the thief in paradise, but as God on the throne with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Theophylact. But crying with a loud voice, he gives up the ghost, because he had in himself the power of laying down his life, and taking it up again. Ambrose. He gave up his spirit, because he did not lose it as one unwilling. For what a man sends forth is voluntary, what he loses compulsory. Verses 47 through 49. And when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that sight, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. Augustine, when after uttering that voice he immediately gave up the ghost, those who were present greatly marveled. For those who hung upon the cross were generally tortured by a prolonged death. Hence it is said, that when the centurion saw, etc. Augustine, there is no contradiction in that Matthew says that the centurion seeing the earthquake marveled, whereas Luke says that he marveled, that Jesus, while uttering the loud voice, expired, showing what power he had when he was dying. But in that Matthew not only says, at the sight of the earthquake, but added, and at the things that were done. He has made it clear that there was ample room for Luke to say that the centurion marveled at the death of the Lord. But because Luke also himself said, now when the centurion saw what was done, he has included in that general expression all the marvelous things which took place at that hour, as if relating one marvelous event, of which all those miracles were the parts and members. Again, because one evangelist stated that the centurion said, Truly this man was the sin of God, but Luke gives the words, was a just man, they might be supposed to differ. But either we ought to understand that both these were said by the centurion, and that one evangelist related one, another another, or perhaps that Luke expresses the opinion of the centurion, in what respect he called him the son of God. For perhaps the centurion did not know him to be the only begotten, equal to the father, but called him the Son of God, because he believed him to be just, as many just persons are called the sons of God. But again, because Matthew added, those who are with the centurion, while Luke omits this, there is no contradiction, since one says what another is silent about. And Matthew said, they were greatly afraid, but Luke does not say that he feared, but that he glorified God. Who then does not see that by fearing he glorified God. Theophylact, the words of our Lord seem now to be fulfilled, wherein he said, When I shall be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. For when lifted upon the cross, he drew to him the thief and the centurion, besides some of the Jews also, of whom it follows, and all the people that came together smote their breasts. Bede, by their smiting their breasts, as if by betokening a penitential sorrow, two things may be understood, either that they bewailed him unjustly slain, whose life they loved, or that remembering that they had demanded his death, they trembled to see him in death, still further glorified. But we may observe that the Gentiles, fearing God, glorify him with works of public confession, the Jews only striking their breasts, returned silent home. Ambrose, oh, the breasts of the Jews, harder than the rocks, the judge acquits, the officer believes, 
The traitor by his death condemns his own crime. The elements flee away, and the earth quakes. The graves are opened. The hardness of the Jews still remains immovable, though the whole world is shaken. Bede, rightly then, by the centurion is the faith of the church signified, which in the silence of the synagogue bears witness to the Son of God. And now is fulfilled that complaint which the Lord makes to his father. Neighbor and friend, hast thou put far from me, and mine acquaintance because of misery. Hence it follows, and all his acquaintance stood afar off. Theophylact, but the race of women formerly cursed remains and sees all these things. For it follows, and the women which followed him from Galilee, seeing these things. And thus they are the first to be renewed by justification, or by the blessing which flows from his passion, as also from his resurrection. End of chapter 23, verses 38 through 49.